Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You saw Steel Magnolias. Nope, never did. Everybody never did. saw Steel Magnolias. Never did. This week on Dueling Review, we take a look at Dungeons & Dragons Frost Giants Fury, written by Jim Zub, with art by Netho Diaz. Mighty giants stir across the land, and before their crushing might, nothing is safe. Badly injured after their encounters in the Dimmy Plain of Dread, and now lost in the frozen northern reaches of the Forgotten Realms, the Baldur's Gate heroes will test their might like never before. Roll for initiative. A new Dungeons & Dragons adventure begins! We get another adventure of our party in this mm-hmm. uh, Frost Giants Fury book. They need a cool name. The team does, yeah. They haven't They haven't uh, come up with a team as far as I know. Now we, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we read... Parts of their first adventure on this show. Yes, I'm pretty sure we read something about the the Baldur's, the Baldur's Gate. Gate. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one that we read, and it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're into their third adventure. They've just come from the vampire dimension, <sighs> and now they're stuck in the frozen wastes. Nothing of the worse. Realms. An damn vampire. <laughs> well, here they get to go up against ogres. Mm-hmm. And they get to meet a uh, lizard guy, a dragonborn. Dragonborn, yeah. And uh, they get to nearly freeze to death and die in a cave. Yeah, you know your first your general party adventure. Well, I don't remember ever freezing to death in a cage. I, I well, unfortunately, spending, our heroes don't either. So I I remember spending a month trying to decide whether or not you were going to use a potion or not. Mm. That was fun. Yeah. No. This um. Here's what I here's my take on this whole series. Mm-hmm. It is for those people who have heard about Dungeons and Dragons, but have never played Dungeons and Dragons or want mm-hmm. to play Dungeons and Dragons, but can't find anyone to play with. Mm-hmm. This is like that next best thing. This is like reading those adventures in a way that you can pretty much understand and follow because it follows along with the stories that are going on uh, from Wizards of the Coast. So their big event right now is... Um, Frost Giants, uh, Frost Giants Fury. They just mm-hmm. finished up the Wrath of Estrada or whatever the, the thing was. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is following along all of those expansions. So if you're wanting to find out what's going on in these worlds and these expansions and these tales that Wizards of the Coast is, is telling, you can get it in comic book form. And though you're, you're not seeing them roll for die, uh, you know, for um, uh, attack or anything like that, right. you're still getting a pretty good story. And you are getting the basics of a Dungeons and Dragons adventure for good and for ill. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, this is th- this is what you want the good side of your of your role playing adventure to be. This is like, um, well, you know, I used to work in a gaming shop, and oh, 15, 20, 20 times an hour, someone would walk up to the desk and say, "Dude, did I tell you about my character?" Sometimes that would be a really exciting story. 
Sometimes you just want to hit them with sticks. This book is somewhere in between closer to the first for me. Yeah. Because the, I, I really like the character interactions and I like the, you know, at one point the healer is wounded. So they're, they're a uh, fighty fighty guy and they're uh, little rogue have an argument, but they're arguing whispering. So they don't oh, yeah, wake yeah. her up. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like the interactions. And then of course, when the ogres arrive, the ogres are funny. Yeah. Uh, ogres ye- usually are funny in this. this uh, talk f- like an ogre. It feels very much like a, um, Tolkien-esque, uh, the Hobbit meeting the uh, the well, hill giants at night kind du- of thing. Dungeons and Dragons is 80% oh, Tolkien sure. yeah. and 20% gelatinous cubes. Yeah. So the thing that that does make this, again, uh, tie in a little bit more closely to, the, um, to what's going on with Wizards of the Coast is you also get the character sheets for these characters. I suppose if you'd like to play them, I mean, we've talked about this before. They do include those character mm-hmm. sheets in the back of the book. The one mm-hmm. thing that I wish they would kind of do, and I don't know if they've done it because I haven't read any one series to completion. Mm-hmm. And I think a dungeon master or a game master could piece together the scenario and the encounter, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, your party is in the frozen waste and you're walking. What do you do? Oh, you fall into a, a cave. Hey, that's been covered over. You with are snow. eaten by a groove. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the one thing that'd be nice is if they had monster stats that could be included in here or, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, an overview of the encounter. So the that, encounter maybe as a module. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that the the GM or DM could go in and and play this game that that they've read in this comic book. That would be interesting. I don't know that I'd want to do it, but I can definitely see why it would be a big, you know, a big hit. Yeah. I'm wondering if that material comes up or some of that material is available in the collections. Um, I don't have my copy of the Frost Giants Fury here. I don't think so. The collection of their their oh Raven oh Lock. you're talking about the um the, the trade the paperback edition. of this yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah the, I don't know the about that either collection of the Ravenloft adventure is is either available or going to be available yeah I don't know the answer to that I would have to I would have to go in and track that down but I just it was something that I I think about every time we read this and I see oh this is in the world of Forgotten Realms it's got characters it's got stats it's got your classes and your races and all that stuff why not throw in some monster stats and why not throw in some encounter details so that someone could run this yeah. as a game, make it work An illustrated. Maybe that's what this is. An illustrated GM's guide to running a dungeons and dragons campaign. <laughs> I can see that. I don't know that this is this that issue would be the... very easy to do this. If they yeah. had thrown in the monster stats, you could totally run this as one of your game night encounters. Yeah. The random encounter with a group of uh, ogres and then the save by an NPC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That, I mean, that that is all pretty much by the numbers to some degree. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I mean, this has happened in virtually every game I've ever played. You're wandering and you're wandering and you're wandering and suddenly you are eaten by a groove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I like that part of it. I think... I don't know. There's always a thing for me when you're reading D&D in a comic book. And the thing is... You're missing a little bald-headed guy that everyone goes, Dungeon Master! <laughs> no. Well, yes, I do miss him. I also miss Eric, who's wrong about everything. But the 
moment where they leap out of the cave and it's this superhero poses moment and it's really <laughs> awesome and cool. Yeah. That doesn't happen in Dungeons and Dragons, you guys. Well, it can't happen and in a comic book. These are level six characters. Level six characters up against four gnomes in the cold. Ogres, the yeah. Frozen. And the, eh. Well, they've got a fifth NPC know. that comes in, and he's got to be at least a level 52 because he well, takes thank out. thank you. Uh, it's a sixth NPC. Don't forget about <laughs> the hamster. He uh, he uh, fires a, a freaking arrow into a ogre's head and drops him just like that. Yeah, and I like that. But again, that's a moment where you're just like, hmm, somebody rolled critical. It is a very... Um, we're setting you up for this world that they're in because the real event part comes at the end of the story when the frost giant shows up and he's like, yeah, we're going to go into this town. We're going to ransack it. And then everybody's going to pillage. Let's yep, pillage everybody. Pillage. And we're so now, our, and now our heroes and our monsters are going to clash sometime soon. Village, it's Jim, village. it's Jim Zub. So it's not, uh, I like yeah, his stuff. It's, it's well constructed and. I mean, even Zub's non-D&D kind of sword and sorcery stuff feels like D&D. Mm -hmm. So putting him in this, specifically in the D&D world, really works for me. Yeah, did you like the art uh, by, I think it's Netho or Netho D Diaz? I didn't hate it. I didn't find it to be really, really overwhelming. It's something that, it's it's very well done. It's, it's not something that anything jumps out at you as problematic or bad mm -hmm. i felt like the coloring for yeah. my taste was a little bit heavy-handed and i really did like i mean the sequence where they're freezing and walking through the freezing mm -hmm. freezing through the cold snow and everything yeah that was really good the battle sequences are good it's just something that i don't know it doesn't feel like a, a leap out and grab you by the neck artwork mm. but it's also something that's you know it's very Solid. There's nothing to complain about here. I just look at it and I'm like, mm, yeah, okay, that, yeah, sure. And then you wonder, you know, what would happen if somebody came in who was like a super weird draftsman or storyteller? If this was like a, a Neil Adams or a George Perez, you know, it'd be something different. But there is nothing wrong with solid storytelling done well. Oh yeah, it's no. Just, you know, it's it's not it's not something that that I found was super shiny and. There was nothing distracting about it, which is good. And unlike a lot of the old school D&D stuff that we saw in high school and college. Oh, yeah. This is. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> I was looking at some of the old stuff the other day because uh, my mom had found my Redbox stuff and uh, found my um, uh, Fiend Folio from <gasps> back in the day. Fiend Folio. And it was. I remember at the time going, holy crap, this art is awesome. Look at these monsters. <laughs> look at these uh, things. These, look, and now I look at it and I was like, holy crap, this is like the what? worst stuff in the world. Bill Willingham, what, what were you thinking? Yeah. So this was, it, is, was it actually Willingham? Willingham did do a lot of the early D&D &D art. And I know that I had at least one book where he had illustrated stuff. Nice. Yeah. So overall in this book, Frost Giant's Fury, I think it's a fun starting adventure for for the heroes and if you've been reading this Dungeons and Dragons series from IDW publishing for a while I think that this is a great follow up and a great kickoff to this campaign um I don't know there's something about the party that I'm not totally sold on it's and it Minsk's may, tattoo it may I think it's Minsk I just don't like his character very much Minsk's face tattoo just doesn't doesn't work for me I, I think that he is my least favorite of the character I also yeah. find Cridal just kind of 
I don't know. Cradle feels a little bit by the numbers, but mm. again, you're talking Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, you and have you're to be pl- by numbers. Right. When you're playing D&D, sometimes archetypes are the best way to go. Yeah. Because if you get if you get weird, you know, you get weird and people are like, well, I didn't even know you had a secret for the last two years. <laughs> so, you know, for me, this is an OK book. I, this is a solid read. It's solid art. Um, I don't think that this is something that's going to be on my best uh, best buy list for the year. But if you're looking for some uh, high fantasy type stuff. Yeah. You can't go wrong with with this series. And that's the thing. I think it's not necessarily to my taste and maybe not to yours, but it is very, very solid Dungeons and Dragons stuff. And if you're looking for, you know, a, a party of six people in overwhelming mm-hmm. odds, this what, is this is good. This is very well done. It's odd because, you know, I like something like Rat Queens, which is essentially the same thing. It's essentially a Dungeons and Dragons adventure. I don't know why this one is just okay. And I read something like Rat Queens or something else in that similar vein. And I'm like, wow, this is really, really awesome. I want to continue to devour this. I, I don't know because it's not it's not the the writer because Jim Zub is a very good writer. So I don't know what I it is. I think in some cases it's it's the 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 way that they approach the material because Rat Queens is more tongue sword and sorcery by default yeah. in some ways. It's I mean it's character driven. It's not about the adventures mm. and the random party stuff and the and here are four orcs and you can get a deer and then you will be led to the next town where there's food. This one feels it's, very on the rails then as yeah. opposed to I mean, this one feels like you're moving from encounter to encounter, mm-hmm. whereas something like Rat Queens, as you said, is very character driven and, and event driven. Rat, Rat Queens doesn't bother itself with questions of whether a sixth level character should be able to do these things. D, you know, calls down a giant squid god and it eats everything in sight. And then we all have a big laugh. And, yeah. you know, I it, it's a different approach. This is something that is how to do an adventure that is D&D. And that book is how to throw a little D&D type story into your, your adventure and, and your interactions. Yeah, still very solid. Yeah. Very solid overall for me. Coming out next week from Dark Horse Comics, we have Angel, Season 11, Number 1. Yeah, Angel's comics. still around? Angel is still around, and he's up to Season 11, Number 1. I, I think thought it's, he went I thought off the series was called Angel and Faith. I think the series is yeah, called Angel and Faith now. It was. And then for a while, it was uh, Giles and Faith. Mm, okay. <laughs> DC Comics has Aquaman, Number 15, Batman, Number 15, Cave Carson has a Cybernetic Eye, Number 4. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Green Arrow number 15, Justice League number 13, Justice League versus Suicide Squad number five of six. Second to last issue there. That uh, the first issue was yeah. the number one selling comic in December for uh, through the direct market. Now, that's what was ordered by the comic book stores. Not necessarily was picked up by fans, but uh, Chris Wilson, who uh, uh-huh. writes and contributes over at Majorspoilers.com. He works at a comic book shop up in uh, the Chicago area, and he says people are still coming in asking for that number one issue that they sold yeah. out, you know, weeks ago. Yeah, and that that was a book. Uh, I actually reviewed it for the site. It's pretty good, and it seems to have stuff that may predate the current version of the DC Universe. Oh, yeah, there's some stuff in there that they're saying, <laughs> is this book rewriting Rebirth? Or is it rebirthing? Or is it rebirthing the rebirther? Exactly. Nightwing number 13 also comes out next week. Superpowers number three comes out, as does Superman number 15. Over at IDW Publishing, we have uh, Angry Birds Comics Gameplay number one. 
Dirk Gently's Salmon of a Doubt, number four. October Faction, The Deadly Season, number four. Revolutionaries, number one. Oh, there's also Powerpuff Girls, number six, Matthew. Nice. Um, X-Files, number 10, also arrives next week from IDW Publishing. Over to Image Comics, uh, we have Black Road, number six, Curse Words, number one. And I forgot what Curse Words is about. I it, bet you it has curse words. I bet it does. <laughs> is it an MR? It is. Well, come on. Uh, of all the books listed, and this includes all the reprints and everything that I'm looking at right now, Descender uh-huh. number 18 is not a mature reader's. Um, let's see. And that's it. <laughs> oh, a Mechanism Trade Paperback Volume 1 doesn't have an MR tag, but it might have. And that's it. So mechanism, if you're looking for your mature readers comics, you're going to find it in the form of demonic number six, few number one, killer be killed number five, um, postal number 17. And of course, sunstone, the original graphic novel, volume five finally arrives from image comics. Marvel comics has the a force trade paperback. Number two, rage against the dying of light. I don't know. Black Panther world of Wakanda. Number three, (laughs) black widow. Number 10. Clone Conspiracy, number four. Deadpool the Duck, number two. Is that something that's needed? Deadpool the Duck is actually not another spinoff character. It's actually a teleporter accident where Deadpool and Howard are merged into one. Ah, okay. Theoretically, one hopes. Yeah, basically one hopes that it lasts till the end of the uh, series and then they'll oh, go ah oh, ha ha we'll never do that again and then spider gwen gets her own book okay well gamora number 2 and gwenpool number 10 arrive next week as nice. does monsters unleashed number 1 everyone's been talking Aww. about that uh star wars doctor uh, afra number 3 arrives as does star lord number 2 and venom number 3 ooh don't forget to check out the us avengers something else i wanted to ask you about matthew was this new mm-hmm. uh secret empire that yeah. uh, Marvelous Teasing. That's actually a throwback to an old story, right? Wasn't there a Secret Empire series back in like the 60s or 70s? The Secret Empire was a recurring Captain America foe back in the day. But in the 1970s, the mm, probably okay. the most the most well-remembered story mm-hmm. is uh, Cap tra- tracked the Secret Empire and finally found their leader. And their leader was a highly ranked government official. It was Nixon, I believe, right? Well, it was implicitly Nixon. They never said Nixon. They never showed Nixon. But it was Nixon because Captain America found him in the Oval Office and fought him. And then he committed suicide. Um, And then, of course, there was a big cover up. Wasn't there one where Red Skull was like wearing a rubber mask and he was being the president? (laughs) That was in the 80s. Was that that Reagan? Where it's like, oh, not Reagan. Then it rips it off. Okay. Well, that's yeah, interesting. The, it's interesting the now Nixon that story actually led to Captain America becoming nomad and giving up on. His right. American OK, I while. seem to I seem to re- we read that or I've read parts of that mm-hmm. uh, before we read we that did for that, the MSP. Yeah, I didn't remember if we did the whole Secret Empire thing or if it was just that final issue that kicked off the nomad story. Actually, I think we may have picked up with the first issue after. OK, well, the, I know not, I not Nixon. Story. I know I've read the beat up Nixon thing. It's it's hmm. It's interesting and odd that Secret Empire is coming back right now. Secret Empire is in U.S. Avengers number one, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying in this political environment and climate. Yeah. And it's also really weird, too, that we have things like trust the Secret Empire, join the Secret Empire, and we get Ike Perlmutter's name dropped 
at that first press conference the other day as being involved I, with the Veterans Affairs Program. I am so not into this. I am so – I don't like when Marvel does this tongue-in-cheek reference well, but see, to I don't know if it is politics. Well, yeah, but that's the one thing about – that separates Marvel from DC, whereas in – Marvel Comics, you actually have Barack Obama as the president of the United States or Donald Trump as the president of the United States in the Marvel Universe. And over at um, uh, D.C., they have Mr. President, who just may happen to be an African-American or a potato or whatever. But they never use a likeness or a name of that of that person, except for when he uh, shook hands with Reagan and Jack Kennedy. uh, Superman did Marvel tries to be set in an approximation of the real world, which is the strength and the weakness of Marvel books. I think that my problem with it is when you take something like this, and you'll remember uh, DC tried this and it failed horribly with uh, Green Team in the movement. They try to take these real-life political hot potatoes. Mm-hmm. Comics are made five months in advance. They try and put it together. They try and say something. And much as with things like secret wars where it's like, Oh, we have all of these overtones of, Oh, this is real infighting. And what can we do? Well, we do the same thing every time. And then they all fight. Mm -hmm. The secret empire will be defeated. Oh, I'm sure it's what they do. Norman Osborn was defeated. It's what they do. And I feel like Marvel keeps going back to this. Well, of giving us this tongue in cheek take that doesn't say anything. It doesn't add anything new to any conversation. And somehow to me, putting something like this in a comic and, you know, going, oh, ha ha. Just, no, no, don't. I just think just it seems don't. I just think it seems odd and a little risky to do it right now, especially with. With backlashes and people in well, charge being people in charge at Marvel being potentially part of the administration. We are looking at the next four years. And I think that Marvel is trying to get on, you know, they're trying to get in front of this and whether that is, you know, somehow an, an evocation or an implication of, Ooh, the real government is also doing weird stuff. There's going to come a point in the comics where Captain America, well, maybe not Captain America, because somebody Hydra, uh, where the totally awesome Hulk and Ms. Marvel are going to come in or what's her and name? jack some people on the skull. Yeah. What's her and name? And then we're uh, all going to go. Ooh, awesome. What's her name? Uh, what is it? Is her name America? America Chavez. Ms. Yeah, America? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's who it is. Yeah. I'd like to see America Chavez and the ultimates come in and crack skulls. That would yeah. be cool. Well, if it kicked off in us Avengers, it's probably going to stick around in there, but the, uh, Steve Rogers, uh, classic shield, Tends to point to this is the next chapter of Hydra Steve. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I think the thing about the secret empire that is fun is the fact that like with, you know, what they did with those first few movies, you can have somebody suddenly show up and go, hail Hydra and be a member Mm -hmm. of the secret empire. Yeah. Now you also run the risk of my problem with Captain America civil war is that everybody's evil. They've always been evil. Everybody's corrupt and bad, and there's no sense in even bothering. Captain America might as well not have, you know, even tried 50, 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's, that is, I think, a risk that you run when you do something like this is, can you stop these evil guys? Well, the answer is either yes or no, and either way, <laughs> the story has problems. Yeah. 
whatever have to continue. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Coming out next week from other publishers, we have Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, number one. That's a third printing of that, which is really interesting because Black Mask Studios is a small, small publisher. And yeah. they've been knocking it out of the bank with this Four Kids Walk Into a Bank series. Nice. Uh, Adventure Time Comics number seven, Archie number 16 comes out. Battlestar Galactica Gods and Monsters number three, Cougar and Cub number one. That's a mature reader's book. I'll let you fill in the blanks of what it's about. Uh, Divinity three, Eric number one, uh, Dollface number one. Uh, <laughs> Divinity three, Eric one. Yes. It's um, like a, a box score. Yeah, this is part of that whole Stalinverse thing, which is kind of cool. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Fairy Tale Graphic Novel, Volume 57. Uh, Grimm's Fairy Tale, Robin Hood, I Love New York, Number 8 of 12. Harbinger, Renegade, Number 3. Hookjaw, Number 2. Lady Death, Revelations, Illustrated, Number 1. It's only got four covers, Matthew. The regular, The regular cover, the Cruel Uh, Edition cover, the Foil Premium cover, and the Naughty cover. Anna knew she had to have a new pair of shoes today. Puppet Masters number 20, Seven Deadly Sins, graphic volumes 17 and 18 comes out. Simpsons Comics 236, Slam number three, Spirit Hunters number three. That'll be interesting. And then we also have the Castoffs number four and Zonzo Hardcover Mature Readers 1499. Z-O-N-Z-O Hardcover. That's how my girlfriend used to uh, sign letters to me. She would go Zonzo, but she'd spell it with X's. Mm. Yeah. Next week on Dueling Review. Monsters Unleashed number one, written by Colin Bunn, art by Steve McNiven. All hands on deck with the Avengers, Champions, Guardians, X-Men, and Inhumans clashing with monstrous threats that threaten to destroy every corner of the Marvel Universe. Even Yancey Street. Who are the Leviathans? Who controls them? How can they be stopped before the Earth becomes another tragic, barren world in their wake? You can show your support for this show and everything we do at Major Spoilers by heading over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Listen, we are nine away from our January goal. If you enjoy this show and want to see great programming continue from indie podcasters, not major corporations, then do us a favor and head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers and sign up today. Your contribution allows us to keep this show going, pays for our growing costs, and gives us the motivation to produce more shows for you each and every week. Thank you so much for checking out Dueling Review. We will talk with you next time when you will hear Matthew say, Riding on the bus, riding on the bus, riding on the bus. This podcast is copyright 2017 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. 
Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.